Solid Dog here. We're talking here with uh, Ash Cromwell about his new album, uh, Mojo. Young man on the yeah. Side. I rest my feet in smoke cold. My granddaddy looked at his watch. He said, Boys, I think it's time to strike a blow. I was born with a hammer in my hand. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, Ash uh, spent about five years uh, not recording much and uh, getting his uh, things back together and um, had a lot to say about uh, that little journey there. So let's head off with uh, some Ash Grunwald here about the new album. Great singer, songwriter from Land of Oz and right around the globe. Ash Grunwald. Let's go to some time on this list. Probably got with the roots, uh, Ash Things been happening for you, a new album, a new book, and everything else. Uh, what's uh, it's been a five year break, I understand. What's, what's uh, been happening in that five years? Ah, well, lots of um, lots of music still. Yeah. Um, this album, I recorded a lot of it overseas about five years ago, and then I had a break when the album sort of went missing. Yeah. And so um, that was kind of hard to take at the time. Yeah. Um, and then we moved to Bali, and I spent a lot of time surfing, regrouping, still playing. Yeah. But um, I just think, really, looking back on the time period now, I realise that it was a bit of a hiatus, really. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just feel through the things that happened, particularly last year, when I really started to work on, you know, trying to turn things around, really. Yeah. Career-wise, lifestyle-wise, it was going pretty well. (laughs) But um, output-wise, it wasn't going well. I was doing a lot of reaping, but not much sowing. Yeah. Um, I just plunder. (laughs) Come back, do gigs. You know, I was still getting paid some pretty good money. Yeah. And then go back and just live the life in Bali. Sure. Um, but, yeah, at the start of 2018, I started really knuckling down and trying to change things. And one thing I've discovered is that the way to do that is to sort of put your head down, bum up, and put more input yeah. into what you do. You know, so I started really um, woodshedding on my guitar playing. Yeah, and um, that's why you know this album has a bit more of a blues rock sound on a lot of the songs, and it's just a you know, it's uh, not overly wacky guitar playing, but for me, it's a lot more flashy than what I was capable of doing before. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's sort of what I've been working on. Great. Um, um, I think it's a return to the blues for you, isn't it? Is that, would you describe it as that? Say that again. Is it a return to the blues for you? Would you describe it that way? I... Maybe. Yeah, I guess I would. In my own mind, I never really stray as far as people think. Yeah. Because the elements that I was blending with it were just like, I was just trying to do something new with 
bluesy music. I wouldn't say everything I've done is straight down the line blues. Sure. But um, really, I think almost every album that I've ever done is pretty bluesy. It's just that sometimes it was made electronically. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it was made with a rock band. I mean, I guess now, the album now probably straight to further. It's a bit more like that, almost a classic rock um, to it a little bit with, but then with 70s kind of synthesizer playing the bass lines. Yeah. But still, the riffs were pretty much bluesy, blues rock kind of vibe, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's all I really can do, um, and it's all I want to do. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is the bluesiest one I've done for a while, um, and I'm really happy with that. I think that's the time, you know, it's the time for me to do that. Yeah, well, it's a great album. The, uh, the tracks I've heard are fantastic, and um, I think last time I spoke with you was 10, 10 12 years ago. Um, I think you said Australians are more conservative in their approach to blues than, than other parts of the world, um, which is an interesting comment at the time. Um, but you've got some great people playing with you on this. Um, Terry Evans, who was with Ry Cooter for a long time, the Teskey Brothers, Joe Bonamassa, uh, Kim Wilson, one of my favourites, um, and then locally Ian Collard, Mahalia Barnes. So it's, it's a who's who. Um, was there a reason? It could, it could have been Ash Crumwood and Friends, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it started like that. That was the whole idea. Yeah, we're talking with Ash Crumwood here on The Dog. Let's hear a track uh, from this new album, Mojo. This one's got uh, Kim Wilson, uh, one of another's, just called uh, Trouble's Door. Brian Brinkerhoff over there in, um, well, he's from San Francisco, but he flew me over to LA to record most of that album. And yeah. the idea was to, you know, really showcase me to an American audience. Yeah. And that's, I guess, why it's a bit more. Even then, even though I hadn't been working on my guitar playing too hard yeah. um, at that time, still the beds of the tracks were made. So that you could do big solos and get other guests in and play solos and just have a fun blues and friends kind of album. Yeah. And um, so then when I got back to Australia, I I carried on with that theme. And it is a bit of an and friends album, really. There's one only one track that doesn't have a guest on it. Yeah. And that was from a completely different session. I was saying you you played with the uh, Teskey Brothers uh, on the track "Ain't My Problem." 
Um, and they've been flying high um, recently. And how was how uh, the recording for that particular track? Yeah, that was epic. I mean, it was really cool because, like, I recorded it as a solo song. And then, basically, I got Mammy. Yeah. And um, I, I thought pretty much when I asked them to do it, it was going to be pretty much Josh laying down some vocals. But the yeah. whole band sat in on the track, and then it built into this really big band track, and that's because of the Testy Brothers. Yeah. So it was a really cool process. I've never done anything like that. They basically tracked their whole band to my original solo recording, and that yeah. was in their full analog studio to, you know, to analog tape through really old school gear with their distinctive Motown kind of sound. So yeah. You know, I felt very honoured to have those guys on there and, you know, they're really carrying the torch the next generation and they're just smashing it. Um, you know, Josh's voice, oh my God, you know. Yeah. Got to be, I really can't think of a male old voice like that in this country. I think they're absolutely world class and I think the world thinks that too, you know, so it's a really good thing. But I'm really honoured um, to have them on, on and, you know, like, it's funny how the world works. Yeah. You know, for me, I felt like I was coming out of a bit of a creative uh, slump in a way. And then I sort of come back to Australia and sort of start getting stuff happening again. And then yeah. all these people come out and um, I've sort of had some assistance from things that I did in the past. Like the Teske brothers actually, I only found out when I was doing a podcast with Josh that they actually supported me back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as I've actually, I found that a little bit, I also with Ziggy Alberts on my podcast, I found out he supported me too. <laughs> but um, like all these world beaters, like, oh yeah, I remember that, I think. Um, yeah. But um those guys, when they were little kids, they used to busk at the St Andrews Markets in Victoria, which is in the country yep. in Victoria. Yeah. And I used to play at the pub over the road, so they used to come watch me with their dad. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty classic, the way it all works out. Yeah, I, I spent a bit of time out there in those days as well at the markets. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, I remember seeing them used to play around lunchtime uh, in a little tent there. Yeah, and then, you know, the Saturday um, acoustic blues session was sort of after lunch. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of all worked out. And, you know, they would have seen... I know they've told me that they also saw Chris Wilson and Jeff Atchison and other, you know, great... They probably saw Collard Greens and Gravy and a few other acts. Um, so, you know, they were lucky when they grew up. Yeah. And, um, you know, going to the school they went to, you know, dining yeah. school, that yep. you really encouraged... Yeah, let's hear that track. Uh, Teske Brothers and Ash Grumwald. Ain't my problem.
had a real teacher there, Sam Linton Smith, who was really into blues, and yeah, good lot of guys. So like that's been really good, and Josh and I have done a little bit more jamming after that. Um, yeah. So, you know, more news to come on that down the track. Fantastic, fantastic. I still haven't interviewed them yet, although I did meet them up in Bar and I said we'd do it, but I, and they went overseas and it hasn't happened, but it will, no doubt. Now, the, the, obviously, so some of the old uh, favourites of yours going out west and um, uh, and some um, uh, how many more years and things like that. There's a number of new tracks for, for writing. What's been the writing process for you lately? Well, there's so higgledy fizzledy on this album, but that's, you know, I, I like that about it. Um, yeah, it's all very different. You know, like there's that song 3AM, which is like a hill country blues, uh, you know, Skip James, yeah. spooky kind of track. And then there's Mountain, which is a bit like my old way of doing stuff where it's all done kind of with loops and stuff. And it's sort of all a mishmash kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've got a soft spot for Mountain. Um uh, well, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Mountain, whether we get it on a movie or something like that. If it's got that kind of sound to it, it'd be cool if we did. Um, and then Harley Barnes was killing it on that. Yeah. Um, and then Whispering Voice, that's an old song that I used to do on the lap still really minimally. But then I yeah. sort of cause I had um, Tio Malantua from um, South Africa on the bass. Yeah. And uh, Pete Wilkins on drums, they're, they're my current rhythm section, and they're really quite, you know, they can go anywhere. And, you know, Tio's got his full freaking thing that he brings to it. So it was almost like we did a dub blues for that, and I was in a Hendrixy direction on guitar. So, you know, there's all these different fields. And, then, you know, I was really happy with um, Hammer, the song I wrote for that, for that session. Yeah. And, over the moon about the how that came out with Terry Evans's vocals, um, and that's really important to me. Um, that's a career have our highlight getting Terry Evans on those songs. Um, it's pretty amazing when you get to you know if you're a blues singer and you get to sing to write parts or something like that, you can do it better than you um, to to sing stuff. And I feel like I've I had that experience with Terry, and then you know, I had that experience with Josh too, and it's yeah. exciting as a songwriter. Yeah, for sure. Um, Terry Owens, he must be getting on now. He's been singing a long time. Well, he died actually. Did he? That. Yeah. I so, didn't catch up on that. Yeah. So, in the time that the album was lost, he passed away. So that made it even more. And same. I didn't meet Eddie the Chief Clearwater, yeah. on, but also he passed away. So oh. some of that was, uh, um, Terry, that meant so much to me and it meant a lot. You know, I, I, I feel like very honoured to have met him. He's such an, um, was such an amazing singer and he seemed yeah. like such a mellow, cool, humble guy. Yeah. You know, really big fella with just yeah. a huge voice. Um, and um, that was that was a highlight of my I was so overjoyed. Yeah, that. Is-
could have nailed that to '94, I think, was after he broke up with his wife. And then I think Ray Kuda produced it too. It's a brilliant piece of work. Um, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, great talent. Now, uh, tell me about the, the you just released a, a book too about surfing and music. Um, where you've interviewed a lot of famous surfers. Um, is, um, how did that, how did you decide to become an author? Well, I was approached um, to write a book, and I just thought, you know, I'm no musicologist and I'm no shredding surfer, but I'm the king of <laughs> of lifestyle and uh, and making it happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I just uh, yeah I've been so blessed. Um, whoever thought I could have had a really good living out of playing music and then be such a cheeky asshole to use that to go travel around. Australia and then the rest of the world and, you know, surf all around and go on all these trips and meet all these people and, you know, yeah. really my close friends are a lot of um, pro surfers and ex-pros and they all love music and are really good musicians as well and I just thought, everybody's actually done a uh, book on seeing what the commonalities between these two things are and, yeah. you know, in my interview with Jack Johnson, he just had so many great things to say and one of them was that um, he likened, you know, in surfing we have an amazing surfer called Tom Curran who's sort of like the Jedi master. Um, he sort of changed the whole sport um, and he's just got this, uh, he's just super stylish, let's put it that way. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, so Jack said, watching Tom surf is like listening to a B.B. King solo. <laughs> uh, you know, he just, and it was so cool. And um, got her and um, and um, jammed with and interviewed Kelly Slater and Steph Gilmore. So that was like 17 world titles in a day. <laughs> yeah, wow. And um, I ended up playing this beautiful D'Angelico guitar that Steph had that she was she got hooked up with, and um, I ended up getting a hook up with them as well and it came through on my birthday wow. I had to go into the back blocks of Hollywood and go into the house of uh, the drummer from Guns N' Roses he has a studio yeah <laughs> the, the sort of showroom is out the back of there <laughs> it was like all very surreal on my birthday and I'd just been as I told you I'd, you know at the start of the year I was sort of battling away and I, I was trying to manifest something better for myself and my life and um, and really try and lift my head and try and you know have those big goals and things that you're excited about that you do when you're young yeah then you know like once you've been doing it for 20 years you sort of accept where you're at and you know start yeah. to wonder if you're going to wind down <laughs> um, so that's what that so that was really important for me when I was over there, and it was really important for me that I got that free guitar. Um, yeah. And on my birthday, it was kind of like the universe saying, yeah, you're on the right track. And I was asking Steph Gilmore about, you know, things about, you know, can you really manifest your dreams? You know, like, you know, do you guys try and do that? You know, is that how you... And she's like, yeah, totally. That's what Kelly does. That's what I do, you know. Yeah. You can really put it out. When she, well, I remember Steph saying, you know, that she wasn't, didn't believe in 
God, God in the Christian sense or anything like that, but like he did believe that you could put a prayer out to the universe and try and bring what you want in life into being. And yeah. sorry if this is getting too cosmic, but that's cool. It was really interesting. It was what I needed to hear at that time, and then I just felt like getting that guitar, and then you know Steph went off and won her seventh world title. Yeah, after that, that was just really interesting, and then. A lot of the interviews went like that. It was like the right thing at the right time. And yeah. uh, the book sort of documents a lot of life change and it's uh, sort of a bit of a how to pull yourself out of a midlife crisis book in a way, which yeah. it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be fun in the sun and yeah, yeah. <laughs> just interviewing some interesting people. But it ended up being a lot more than that. And I, um, it, it just went out on Monday. But, yeah. Um, I'm getting this really good feedback that people are loving the life change vibe of it, people who aren't into music or surfing. Sure. And that makes me just so stoked. Yeah, well, I, I guess, um, yeah, some of the material I read about this um, album, they were saying you were, what can I say, the, the depressed or in a funk or whatever. Um, and um, this is a sort of like a re-emergence of Ash Grumble. Is that, is that the right way to, to talk about it? Yeah, it is, and I must say, you know, like, it's not something... Oh, well, yeah. I was about to say it's not something I felt at the time, you know. I still had plenty of laughs and good times, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, you know. It's only when you look back on these things in your life, or when things go better, that you start to look back and go, oh, geez, that was a bit of a... bit of a tough, tough truck, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember interviewing Lord, Lord Spiegel, he said he... He was riding high, um, doing very well, and he said he came off stage on uh, some big uh, festival and people were raving about him. He said, I went at the back and I just felt flat, you know, like uh, I had to reinvent myself. <laughs> and um, so he stopped what he was doing and then reinvented himself. So I guess this part of that reinvention is a constant uh, process throughout life. Absolutely. And Lloyd and I, you know, we used to even play together back in the day. And, uh, yeah. We're on, you know, we've been in it a similar time. He's been in it longer than me because he started so young. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, very similar trajectory um, or very similar time in it. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, Bob Dylan or, you know, whatever, and whatever level of success you've had, it, it's not to do with that. It's to do no. with time. It, it, you know, your success is only in comparison to the success that you have experienced. Yeah. But, you know, I wonder, I interviewed Pete Murray in the book too, and I wonder, because, like, his first album went um, five times platinum. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's never done that again. No. But, like, you know, is he... And he's just so positive. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't lived his whole life thinking that he's in decline from going, yeah. you know, um, five times platinum. Um, so, you know, he's, and nor should he. He just smashed it once. And yeah. then other times he's been really successful. But one time he smashed it out of the park. Um, yeah. Yeah. So good on him, you know, like, why should he ever feel anything negative about anything associated with that? But we're just funny creatures, humans. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've never stopped pinching myself about my career. And it, it really delivers things to me well beyond my wildest dreams. 
So it's kind of ironic that I could ever turn around at any stage and ever feel bad. But if you ever get less numbers at your show or yeah. or an album doesn't go well or you know or your you know your record company folds or you you know you get like I had that album lost. Yeah, it's still easy for your head to go down because you compare it to other yeah. times that you've been yeah. smashed. Yeah, the dog. Solid Dog Blues and Roots, we're talking with Ashcrum all about his new album and uh, all the processes that went on to get their new album called Mojo. Here's a track, Old Howlam All Thing, How Many More Years? when I was talking to Matt McHugh from The Beautiful Girls yeah. because he was the same era of the roots music kind of craze that came through in the um, you know, early to mid-noughties. Yeah. Um, and so we were in the exact same scene on the same ride, really. And, um, you know, it, it was really funny because, like, sometimes I used to play, like, you know, especially in the solo days when it was the almost like the peak of excitement of like some big sold out rooms all the time and yeah. um, not saying that's a boast or anything but just like those kind of um, situations and sometimes I'd come off stage and I'd just be like Lloyd was saying kind of flat Yeah, and it's like you're compensating for something it's really weird it's like yeah. this reverse I don't know what it is it's like you're sort of linked Almost like it's a form of humility. Yeah, yeah. But it sort of works in a shit way. <laughs> well, that's right. You don't realise it. Yeah, you yeah. can keep trying to... I always remember that Dylan quote, you know, um, you realise when you're on the top, you're on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. I, can, I mean, I, I can totally see how anybody at any level playing stadiums or whatever could go, come off stage going, oh, that was a shit gig tonight. Or just if they have a really great one, go, yeah, well, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Because as also, particularly in Australia, we're encouraged to be humble, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, don't get too up yourself or whatever. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. if it has a bad effect sometimes because, like, you know, you work really hard to, uh, you know, have the best career you can. And 
know, as soon as it goes super well and everything's great, it's not as if you get off stage juggling, high-fiving <laughs> yeah. and going, yeah, this is epic! You know, you might do that the first time. <laughs> but you don't, you're not like going, this is so good! You know, you yeah. just sort of, it's just normal life. And then after a while, yeah, it's funny. You just, you almost compensate for it and almost feel more flat the better it goes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was talking to Matt McHugh about that a lot in the in the book, and that was really interesting because he was saying in some of his most successful times, and they were, you know, quite regularly, you know, pulling 2,000 people a show and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, he said he was a nervous wreck. Yeah. And sometimes during that, like, feeling that he wasn't really worthy and he was a fraud and this and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made it up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm fooling all these people, but they don't know. How did I get end up here? I think that's pretty common. I think that's pretty common. Um, and it's like, so funny because it causes suffering in people. And then, like Matt was saying, that with his music now, that things have calmed down a bit, and it's like now we're older. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, he, he was saying our our stupid little root scenes passed, and you know, now we're just making music. Yeah, and he feels better now, and he really inspired me because he was like, "This is where we become like, you know, like I don't know, Neil Young and Dylan and the Blues guys and all these legends where you see what you're made of, you know? Are yeah. you going to be a career musician who really pumps out the great stuff throughout your life, or you know, you're just going to, you know, take it lying down and sort of." give up now, you know. Um, That's right. I think all, all, the, all the greats uh, aren't, afraid, aren't afraid to change. I think that's the, that's the, the lesson. Um, all the greats always reinventing themselves, always changing. Um, you know, I guess people get stuck and uh, some people do and maybe that's where they want to be and their fans want them to be there. But um, certainly the ones that seem to thrive on it are the ones that change. But there, there you go. But so, so, what's the plans for the album? Uh, Ash, going to tour around with it? Um, he's going to go surfing. What are you going to do? Uh huh. Less surfing than ever, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but also, fortunately, I, I, I feel in a good place at the moment. Like we're trying to. I just saw um, something going up on socials about a New York gig that I'm doing, and it was yeah. just so exciting to see. Those words back on the posters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overseas, like American gigs and stuff like that. Just yeah. really um, putting a lot more into my career, actually, yeah. than ever has. Um, for the fun of it, and I feel like that's that. And, you know, we're, we're having some really um, good press and good things come in at the moment. And my manager, who's way younger than me, he's like 26 or 27 or something, 26. Yeah, like, you know, we were getting all this good news, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna feel like you're 25 again." And I thought, <laughs> oh, that's cool, and I, and he meant that as a compliment. I, I was like, "Yeah, that's great." And then I got off the phone and I thought, you know what? I feel invigorated and inspired, but I don't want to feel like I'm 25. Yeah, I want to feel like I'm 40. I'm turning 43 soon. I yeah. feel like I'm 43 because this is the best period that I've ever had in my life. So, yeah, you know, and I want to, you know, keep learning and developing in my music and in my life for the next however many years I've got, which hopefully is 100. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm just finding that really, um, I'm finding that it's a really exciting phase of just learning and developing my craft every day. So that's, that's what I'm going to work on. We're going to tour. Yeah. To answer your question. Yeah. We're going to tour. We are going to tour. And yep. you know, we tour pretty relentlessly, actually, for a while. Yep. Is that, is that going to be, um, you know, the, um, the U.S. market, Australian market, you know, you're going to go or just mainly Australia to start, or what's the plan? Australia to start, and then we're working really hard on getting it happening in the U.S. Yep. Um, so I'm actually going over playing a small showcase, but I have um, a, a new sort of team um, in New York, which is really cool. And uh, we're going to try and, you know, start my career to get on my music onto some Hollywood movies and stuff like that, that whole publishing side of things. Sure. And we've got some more friends in that area, you know, yep. so that's looking like that, the, the whole songwriting thing over there and going over to Nashville for some um, co-writes and stuff like that is going to be happening next year. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, Silly Dog, uh, listening to Astron World, tracks off his new album Mojo, and um, got a big story to tell, it's a great thing. Make some transformations. And here's a track called Whispering Voice with uh, Casey Chambers. Officially, Ash Grimond is now a musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, a frothing musician. Before that, you know, I, I put a lot into my music out of passion, and that's yeah. where I was, but I didn't put anything extra. Once I got, I didn't really put, I look, I'm working in the studio and, and gigging, but I don't know, a lot of that extra, um, Headspace that is required to keep improving your craft, that just, you know, 
that never happened. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a different. Yeah, it's a different discipline, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like I used to find because I grew up being really into guitar and reading guitar mags and all that, and you know, I love the guitar and that that was my thing. And so once I got into my career, I thought, ah, it was too much me. It was like, ah, that's boring. I just play whatever guitar, go into a music, you know, go into a music shop, buy, you know, standard Les Paul and take it to the gig and play it. And, you know, I didn't really nerd out on any gear or anything, really. I just, I just play them, you know. But yeah. now... It's like those sort of things, guitars, pedals, practicing, all of it. It's just really special to me now. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a craft. Yeah. It's so fun to dedicate yourself to your craft. And, you know, it can be bloody model trains. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. If you give yourself to your passion, the feelings that you get back, it just rips you out of any rut that you're in and you just get really excited about life. Yeah. Um, and that's how we want to live. You know, that's, I think it's a human thing. It's probably what makes us different from the other animals in the animal kingdom. They're content to just roll. But we're not. We, yeah. we want to keep learning. And then when we stop learning, we just feel like something... We're stifled. We're, we're living a life half-lived when we're not developing. So that's what's got me excited. Yeah. Well, look, thanks for your time, Ash. I really appreciate it. And um, it's great to hear, um, i use that cliched term, uh, your journey. <laughs> um, but it was certainly a great, a great record, and um, I'm looking forward to getting hold of the book as well. And, um, yeah, cool. And uh, really wish you well uh, in this new chapter. I'm using a lot of cliches, so, so, so forgive me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can see, see things uh, uh, t- take a turn, and... Um, well, you've always been fantastic. I mean, you don't need me, me to say that, but um, I'm certainly... Uh, everybody's been looking forward to where you're going to go with all this. And um, so we wish you well with it. Thanks very much. Time for a uh, head down, bum up. Another couple of years of hardcore practice, and I hope I can come up with something. <laughs> something yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah, no, well, we're looking forward to it. And... Um, Jose, wish you well. Um, hope we can catch you uh, one of the gigs around um, in Australia. Um, one other thing, you're not going to Europe at all? I have been for a little bit over the past couple of years, and I'm keen as mustard to get back to Europe, but my team is sort of like, now let's work on America from Yeah. And, and then branch out into America, uh, sorry, into Europe from America. Yep, so yep. Sort of, you can... You can you can you can do everything, but not all at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's so, right, that's right. Yeah. And, um, so, someone's got to have a strategy, as they say. Um, yeah. Some people's strategies go to Europe and then go to America, and some people do it the reverse. But who knows? I'm, I'm, I think I'm, you go wherever you, wherever they'll have you, and then if they build, you, you keep working it. But um, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, look, thanks again, uh, Ash. Really appreciate your time and uh, telling us that that story. It's a great story. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we wish you well, and um, hopefully, we can catch you around uh, one of the gigs pretty soon. No worries, thanks a lot.
you've been listening to the uh, Ash uh, Grumwald on the Solid Dog Blues and Roots interviews and um, we'll go out with a track from the Mojo album it's called Going Out West an old Tom Waits thing that uh, Ash is known for this time with Kim Wilson Get hold of uh, Ash Grumwald's uh, material on his website, uh, Ash Grumwald. Just uh, Google it up, uh, Turnhouse, and get uh, see the gig list there, and uh, grab hold of his book uh, about surfing and playing music. Get a lot of interviews there, and if you like um, what Ash had to say about a lot of stuff, get onto his own podcast uh, called Soulful Conversations. You can get it on all the podcast uh, outlets and syndicators and uh, downloaders and all those sort of things. Soulful conversations. Um, Ash Grumble talking to a lot of good people. Let's go out with the end of this thing. Um, on the dog, Sonic Dog, Blues and Roots. Hey, this is Ash Grunewald and you're listening to the Salty Dog Blues Show.